Welcome to another inspiring podcast from C3 New Hope. For more information about our church and its locations, please visit our website at c3newhope.com.au. So uh, we're going to continue um, to work our way through our series on the book of John. And uh, we've been um, seeing throughout the book already, seeing some of those miracles that that Jesus was performing as he um, moved around and he was um, meeting people and talking with people. We, we started to see those miracles that are happening. And we've also started to see what that's been stirring up in people because not everyone liked what Jesus did. Not everyone liked that he was out there uh, teaching and sharing his wisdom and um, doing things that people thought were a little bit different or not how you should do something, but God was moving. And uh, today we're going to land in uh, John chapter 8. So if you do have your Bibles, it's good to bring your Bible to church. If you do have your Bibles um, or your Bible on your phone app, then you can open that to John chapter 8. Um, and we're going we're gonna to read from there soon. Um, but we're going we're gonna to talk about a story, um, a story uh, in John 8 that even though it happened 2,000 years ago uh, or over that, like it, it's still a story that really could just have easily have happened yesterday. Um, it's a story that has um, a ridiculously good plot and scandal and um, finishes with a very left field uh, twist and um, something that's very, very unexpected. And I love, I love those kind of movies and I love those stories. And the Bible is full of good stories. And uh, if you don't pick up this enough, then can I encourage you to, to try to, to build that habit in your life um, so that you can um, build your own life on the Word of God. So uh, we're going to pray and then we'll get started. Um, Lord, I thank you so much that you are a good God, that you are for us. Um, you're definitely not against us and you have got great things planned um, for all of us. I thank you that you love us all so incredibly much um, and that you are, um, you are someone who wants to um, draw us close, Lord. And we just thank you that we can trust in your word and we can trust in your promises and um, we just pray that today, God, um, that as, as I share the word that you've given me, Lord, that you'll just stir people's hearts as well. Amen. Awesome. So let's go to John um, chapter 8 from verse 1. Um, so as I said, Jesus had been really busy. He was busy. And his whole calling um, was to get out and to, uh, to make a difference and to um, show people who his father was, to talk about, talk about who he was and um, to perform miracles, miracles that people wouldn't be able to understand, they wouldn't be able to explain uh, because it couldn't happen just with magic. So he was out there and he was busy doing all these miracles and, um, and the Pharisees and the teachers of the law, they didn't like it, not one little bit. They hated it. They hated him. They hated what he stood for. Um, they hated that people were listening to him and following him instead of the law and um, coming to them. And so they, they were out uh, to get him. Uh, their plan was to, to find him, um, to trip him up, 
um, and to arrest him so that they could kill him. Okay, they did not want him, let's just be real, they did not want him doing any more of what he was doing and the good that he was doing at that time. And so they just had uh, the Feast of the Tabernacles and uh, there were crowds and crowds of people who were around at this time. So the city was a buzz. It was all happening. People had come and um, they're all coming together. So hundreds and thousands of people, I would expect, were around at that time. And Jesus knew that these people were, um, were after him, um, yet he still went and he still turned up at the temple um, to, to teach um, people about his father. And so... Um, Jesus had just been um, in a time of prayer. So let's read from verse 1. It says, Then they all went home. So they've all come back home from um, from being uh, at the temple. But Jesus went to the Mount of Olives. At dawn, He appeared again in the temple courts where all the people gathered around Him and He sat down to teach them. The teachers of the law and the Pharisees brought in a woman caught in adultery They made her stand before the group and said to Jesus, Teacher, this woman was caught in the act of adultery. In the law of Moses, it commanded us to stone such a woman. Now, what do you say? They were using this question as a trap in order to have a basis for accusing him. But Jesus bent down and started to write on the ground with his finger. When they kept on questioning him, he straightened up and said to them, Let any one of you who is without sin be the first to throw a stone at her. Again, he stooped down and wrote on the ground. At this, those who heard began to go away one at a time, the older ones first, until only Jesus was left with the woman still standing there. Jesus then straightened up and asked her, Woman, where are they? I love that. He asked her a question. Where are they? Has no one condemned you? No one, sir, she said. Then neither do I condemn you, Jesus declared. Go now and leave your life of sin. What a powerful story. Um, I don't know about you, but when I read stories in the Bible like this, um, I like to really imagine myself being there in the moment to be um, to be um, around seeing this take place um, to try and understand what it would be like to be um, this woman or to be in the crowd um, or even to be seated there listening to Jesus um, Jesus talk. So um, we know Jesus he he went and he had time by himself probably to to recharge. I don't know about you, but sometimes when I have people around me for so long, I need space, like just a little bit of space to get myself um, back back into um, the zone. So he did that. He took the time. He went and prayed and he turned back up at the temple and he took the time yet again to preach and teach and share the wisdom with the people who were coming um, and listening to him. And people were coming. The word was getting out. People were were finding out through other people about their healings and they were hearing about this good man who was doing incredible things and they were coming and they were listening. So here he was in the temple with all these people gathered around him, teaching, doing what he loved doing, doing what his father called him to do. He was on um, on his mission 
And suddenly, and point number one, there was a very rude, very rude um, interruption. A very rude interruption took place. And so while these crowds of people were around him, the Pharisees and the teachers of the law, they grabbed this woman and dragged her down, parting the crowds. I can just visualise that the pushing of people out of the way, make room, make space, we're coming through. And just because of who they were, people moved. But they dragged this woman straight down and it says that they stood her in front of Jesus. So she was pushed and forced and stood right in Jesus' presence, right there in front of him with everyone else around um, looking on. And um, we know that, that the whole idea of using this woman as a trophy, I guess, in a sense, um, or to make a point, um, was a big thing. They wanted people to see. They wanted people to see Jesus faced with an impossible decision um, about what to do with this woman who had been caught in um, another man's um, bed. They wanted to use her and and parade her in front of um, everyone else and watch what Jesus would do. And I think that this story really wasn't so much about the woman in the beginning, but it ended up being all about that woman uh, in the end. Their plot and their desire was to come um, and and make a scene, um, to catch Jesus out, to trap him, to put him in a a situation where he would have to agree with them publicly um, or to mess up so that they could grab him, arrest him uh, and then kill him. I wonder if you've um, ever found yourself interrupted. I know I get interrupted a lot. Who likes being interrupted? No one. (laughs) Funny that, isn't it? (laughs) Uh, I get interrupted uh, when I'm at school teaching. Um, Miss, 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 can I go to the toilet? Can I get this? Or on the playground, can you open my packet of chips? Parents, just send your kids with stuff that can be opened easily by them. Those yogurt twisty top things, they're, oh, yeah, the amount of times. But interruptions happen all the time. They happen, they happen at home. Mom, I can't find my sock. Mom, I can't find this. Where's this? Um, it happens all the time. But I can imagine for Jesus, this, this was an interruption that was very inconvenient. Um, it was an interruption that was messing with his, with his calling um, he was doing what he was supposed to be doing. He was, he was teaching and doing something very, very meaningful um, with an incredible purpose um, and intention behind it. And he was rudely uh, interrupted. I wonder this morning if, if you right now are um, facing an interruption from your calling. I wonder if there's a, a calling or a, a mission that you know God has um, called you to do and he's equipped you to do and yet for some reason you've allowed a distraction to stop you um, from fulfilling that. I wonder if um, that distraction has become louder in your mind than the voice um, of God for that calling. Just a thought. Um, let's move on to um, number two, um, point number two, the whole story, the missing link or the whole story. And so what we see now um, is we see this, this woman standing here surrounded by so many people. And um, I like to try and work out what that would have felt like for her. 
um, to be surrounded by all these people just looking at her. Now, we don't know a lot about this woman. The Bible really doesn't tell us a lot about um, who she was. We don't know her name. We don't know where she came from. Uh, We don't know her story. We don't know whether she was even married. Uh, We don't know whether the man that she was with was married. We we don't know a lot about who who she was. All we know is that she was dragged in the act of adultery and was dragged to um, the place and the space where Jesus was. We don't even know how much she was wearing. Um, I can imagine the shame that she would have felt standing not only surrounded by that many people, but standing in the very presence of this man who people were calling Jesus and the Saviour. Can you imagine the shame and the intimidation that she would have felt by the fingers um, that were pointing at her, uh, the judgment that she would have felt um, just being there, um, knowing that the law says the consequences for her action was being stoned to death. Um, I can't even imagine what that, the weight of that would have felt like for this woman um, to know what was probably going to happen to her, um, that not long from now she's probably going to um, be killed. Um, the weight of that would have been, would have been huge. Um, and I can imagine that she would have felt huge amounts of embarrassment um, and fear. You see, they wanted to, they wanted to trick Jesus uh, into um, saying something that would um, catch him out. Um, and they wanted to make it so obvious that this woman deserved death, um, that she needed um, to have death. And what we see here is Jesus do something that is quite significantly different to what they expected him to do. Instead of um, agreeing um, and condoning with um, what they wanted um, him to do, he did something um, very, very different. Okay, I think it's important to know that there's always so much more to a story uh, as well. Um, There's so much more to um, someone's life than what we can even read in the pages of this book uh, or that we know about people who are in our world. And um, we don't know much about this woman, but I know that she would have had a story, um, that there would have been um, circumstances uh, surrounding um, her sin and circumstances in her life that maybe um, caused her to walk down that journey um, and to make that decision that day. Um, And there there are... um, stories that we all have. Uh, and for, for us, I know um, Dave and I, with our, with our business, we restore furniture. Um, so often we pick up a broken piece of furniture from the side of the road and we, and we look at it and it looks terrible and doors are hanging off hinges or they're not even on and there's gashes out of wood and legs are off the, the furniture piece. But that doesn't happen by itself and it doesn't usually happen quickly. Um, often something can be damaged and broken over time. It takes time um, for something to get that way. And I believe that, um, that this woman um, and our stories, it takes a while for us to get um, to the, the place um, that we um, are in um, slowly. 
okay? Um, but sometimes um, it's important to know that, that um, when you see someone pointing their finger at someone, it's important to take in that whole story. Um, I wonder where you would have been that day. Would you have been um, a pointer? Would you have been an onlooker? Where would you have sat uh, that day? So these people, um, they were so scared to, to stand up to the Pharisees that they often were silent. They stayed silent out of fear um, of what could possibly um, happen uh, to them. But we see Jesus do something very different. He bends down and he starts to just to write in the dirt. So the Bible doesn't tell us what he's writing. We don't know what he was writing that day. Uh, some people think that maybe he was writing the sins of the Pharisees. So writing in the dirt everything that they've done wrong as well. Uh, some people like to think that maybe he was writing out the Ten Commandments. We actually don't know. We can only guess or make assumptions about what Jesus wrote in the dirt that day. But what we do know is that when he did write in the dirt that day, um, he took the focus off the woman and he put the focus inwardly on everyone else who was standing um, there and watching. And uh, um, he says um, in there, he who is without sin can cast that first stone. He who doesn't have, who has never done anything wrong in their own life, well, you can pick up the rock, you can pick up that stone and you can throw it first. And we see that that very action of what he did, taking, um, taking the focus off her and putting it inward, made everyone walk away. They all walked away. In Luke chapter 6, six verse 37 to 41, uh, it talks about removing the plank from your own eye. Sorry, remove the plank in your own eye, you hypocrite. How often do we find ourselves in our lives pointing the finger at other people? How often do we place judgment uh, on people who have maybe done the wrong thing, maybe hurt us or um, done something that you think is completely unforgivable and we stand there and we point the finger um, and we, we just put it all on them? Um, I know just uh, a couple of years ago, um, I was going through a very difficult season at work. I'm a, I'm a teacher. For those that don't know, I'm a teacher. And um, we had a very difficult season at work where uh, someone who was in leadership um, within my own faculty um, was um, really struggling to do um, his job very well. And um, the rest of us had to continually pick up the pieces um, we were doing his work as well as our work um, for at least 15 to 18 months and it was exhausting um, and we felt uh, so let down day after day after day um, and it was going on for so long that it actually started to become a conversation in my world uh, with my other colleagues. So whenever we were together, we would always be, oh, he's done it again or he hasn't done this or it just became um, a conversation um, that, that soon became quite poisonous um, to, to my own world um, to the point where we uh, actually had a, um, a little chat you know how you have the Facebook chats or the WhatsApp chats? We actually had uh, one of those 
um, that we were using to communicate when we were at home. And um, it was something that we were doing all the time. I mean, he, he was not doing a lot and so it gave us a lot to talk about, but it became something that was just, it was constant. It was always in my head. Um, we were always sharing information um, with one another to the point where it consumed me and it took over my thought life and it was, it was terrible. I'm so ashamed of it, um, but, but it, it took over my, my life. And uh, one day I remember um, it was kind of like a pinnacle moment uh, in this, he, he um, said that he wasn't going to do something that he needed to do. And so I jumped on and I, you know, got onto my message um, app and I, and I said to um, a few of my other colleagues, look what he's done. Um, and then I put my phone down and five minutes later, um, one of my colleagues rang me and said, oh, Em, do you know what you've done? And I said, what have I done? Um, she said, you've actually, you've actually sent that message um, to him. Um, and um, so I, I didn't send it to who I wanted to send it to. I sent it to our whole group chat. And so um, what I had said that was so harsh and so um, judgmental um, went straight to, um, straight to him himself. And um, I remember in that moment feeling um, so much shame. And um, of course, I was really sorry. Um, and I also tried to justify my own thoughts and reasons for saying what I said, which was terrible. Um, and it took, me, um, it took me a week to really start to process what had happened, um, to seek forgiveness um, with, with my colleague um, and to, to um, receive forgiveness from, um, from God for doing that. But, but I just want us to think um, this afternoon how often do we find ourselves in situations where we, where we blame, um, where we justify um, decisions that we make, we justify our thoughts, um, and we, um, we, we pass it on uh, to someone else? I mean, you only have to live in our world and see how many people are experiencing judgment right now. Um, it's, it's all over social media. I mean, poor Scott Morrison. Um, <laughs> like, I'm not bringing politics in here, but like he receives judgment, doesn't he? Um, and then, you know, um, Kid Laurel, I don't even know how to say it properly. I know, Zeke's throwing his head down like, mum, you can't even say it. Um, I didn't know who this kid was until like a week ago and they bought out a McDonald's meal for him or something, um, this young rap artist. Um, but he's, he's got so much judgment going on because he cancelled his concert because the poor guy was sick. But it's so easy for people just to, to slam and shut other people down. And I want us to think today, where... When have you done that? Like, are you doing that right now? Is there someone in your life that you're, you're pointing the finger at that maybe you need to, you know, search your heart and find out what your intentions are um, right now um, for that situation? Because God wants you, God wants us to um, not do that. Um, to, he wants us to show grace, which brings me to our third point. Uh, grace wins every time. Grace wins every time. So what we have right now is we've got um, everyone leaving this space, starting from the older people working their way down and everyone began to leave. And so all we have left is Jesus and this woman. I think that's quite powerful in, its sense, in, its, in itself, that Jesus was left with this one woman when there was crowds of people, 
hungry and thirsty to, to hear from him, yet they all left out of their own heart check. Um, and they, um, they left and made a space for Jesus to just be alone um, with this woman. And instead of Jesus condemning her, which he didn't, and he didn't condone her sin either. Instead of that, instead of him saying, um, go clean yourself up um, and then I'll look after you, then I'll act, he said no. He, he, didn't, he didn't do any of that. He, he actually um, gave grace and he said, go and sin no more. She didn't even need to say sorry. He knew just by looking into her eyes that day, just by being in her presence, he knew that her heart um, had already um, shown regret, that she already wished that um, she hadn't done um, that act that day and he showed grace. I love this. Um, these are some words from a song by Matthew West called Grace Wins. Oops. And um, it says, There's a war between guilt and grace and they're fighting for a sacred space but I'm living proof that grace wins every time. Do you want to play that little clip for me? Um, seek. And I love the words to that, the grace wins every time. You know, a lot of you are sitting here and me, I'm here because grace has won in my life, um, that God has um, given me grace um, to move past um, my sin. But there was a war going on that day in that place with Jesus and her. There was a war going on from the judgment and the sin and the shame, uh, the intimidation um, with Jesus and grace, they were fighting against each other, um, but grace won that day. Um, I wonder if you've ever found yourself in a place like she was. I wonder if you've ever found yourself um, in a moment in time where you have um, felt so much shame and so much judgment from people around you um, and you felt the weight um, of, the, of that just like she did um, that day. Or I wonder if you've ever found yourself um, in a space like that because you put yourself there, because you feel the weight of your sin. Uh, maybe it is a continual sin, something that you struggle with constantly over and over and over again and you just, you're fighting so hard for it to, you know, to find freedom in it and to, to break it and, and you're so ashamed of it that you actually place yourself there um, in that space and you're pointing the finger at yourself and saying you're, you're worthless, you're, you're no good, you're never going to be able to do what God's called you to do. I think it's so easy for us to find um, ourselves in either one of those um, spots. But, but every, every Christian has a past. Every single one of us has a past. The difference is that, that Jesus acknowledges the past, but he shows you what your future can be. He shows you um, 
where you can go uh, from there. I'm going to get Jason to come up um, right now, if that's all right. Um, in Romans 5, 20, 21, it says, The law was bought, brought in so that trespass might increase. But where sin increased, grace increased. So that just as sin reigned in death, so also grace might reign through righteousness to bring life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. We hope you've been encouraged by this message. For more information about C3 New Hope and its locations, visit our website at c3newhope.com.au.